Welcome to Unwritten Imaginings, where lazy authors talk about story ideas that they'll never get around to writing. New episodes every Sunday. Let us know if you use one of our ideas and we'll give your story a shout out in a subsequent episode. Text Unwritten Imaginings to 555-5555 for an exclusive discount code and to subscribe to our newsletter. Yeah, as soon as we figure out how to actually uh, receive messages from that number, which is very much not a thing we can do. Also, it didn't need to be all fives. You could have just gone for the first three and then, you know, given off almost any number. There's no point in changing the numbers. The whole point is that everything is fake and is obviously fake. And we don't have a newsletter. And we don't have discount codes. And you probably shouldn't text that number. Although if you do, nothing will happen. Yeah, yeah. That's the uh, upside, I guess, is that even if you do decide to ignore us, it doesn't do you any good. What do you mean it doesn't do you any good? Oh, ignore us by ignoring the disclaimer while not ignoring the rest of the nonsense? Exactly! (laughs) That's real um, selective ignoring right there. Are you going to tell me you've never met somebody who would do that kind of selective ignoring? Because I definitely have. Oh, I mean, I've, I've met people like that. I choose not to associate with them, though, because they're usually a waste of time. Mm, uh, I see, I see. Yeah. I don't like it when people, like, think they're being funny, but they're just, like, inconveniencing other people. It's not I mean, funny. this wouldn't really be inconveniencing anybody, so, you yeah, know, but if you want to, you can go ahead. The only reason it wouldn't be inconveniencing other people is we, we picked the right phone number. <laughs> I see, I see. Yeah. So moving on. Hi everyone. My name's Eunice. I'm the author of Fantasia and Eterna Source, and I'm currently making Origami Stars. <laughs> and I'm Atheo, author of Rune and Metagame, and uh, I don't know. I don't really have a fun fact this week. I mean, you, you always say, like, this week, as if, like, oh, it's just this week. <laughs> to be fair, you know, in recent episodes, I have actually had something most weeks. Yeah, but, like, it's not (laughs) the norm. (laughs) That really depends on how you calculate norm, you know? If it's a moving average, then it probably is the norm for me to have something. It is neither the mean media nor mode for you to have a fun fact. As I said, moving average. Okay, according to your what? Which is a much better way to keep track of things, to be entirely clear. Uh... A moving average for a once a week event is <laughs> exactly. What are you gonna do? Your three week average? <laughs> if we do the ten week average, I've had it uh, most of the time. You have not had. We're going back and checking, but you have not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I have. You have not had six fun facts in the last ten episodes. <laughs> mm. I don't know if I nope. believe you, but we'll see. No. Nope. Okay, well, we'll go back and check the tapes. And when I say tapes, I mean digital files. <laughs> I don't think you as... needed to add that. But it, it, it doesn't sound as catchy. <laughs> Alright, uh, so this week uh, I've got something, which is essentially a world that is mundane for the most part, except that Sometime in, like, 
the BC ish like two three like BCE ish two three thousand. Um, somebody found the one thing in the world that allows them to make three wishes, except it needs to follow a set of rules, and it's kind of a jerk if you're kind of a jerk to it. Okay, like a genie. Essentially, like a genie, except not like a actual genie, like a pop culture genie. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, the fact that we're calling it genie instead of like gin makes it, you know. Yeah. That does tell you most of it, but, you know, some people are... What, some people know about traditional non-Disney genies and are not aware of the fact that they would be called gins? <laughs> or that they don't make that distinction specifically. Okay, but well, we have a cartoon genie who's, you know, not into egotistical, rude people. <laughs> egotistical, like, whatever, but, you know, rude, that's unforgivable. Okay. Why does it have to be as of that many years ago? Because what I was thinking was that a bunch of magic systems have been wished into place since then. Because one of the rules is you can be the only one to know about your magic system. You can't be the only one to to, uh, be able to use your magic system. Are you saying since ancient times people have been doing this? Yeah, but like you can't use it all the time, right? And you only get three wishes. And, you know, it disappears for like hundreds or thousands of years at a time, so you're fine. There are just a few magic systems kicking about, and also someone might find the genie at some point and change everything, but don't worry about it. It's fine. But why are there so many people who have wished magic systems into place? Well, because they wanted to be the most powerful person ever, and it's like, well, I can't do that. I want infinite power. Uh, Sorry, page four, uh, rule number six, you cannot have anything of infinite quantity. So I wish for a lot of power. Uh, I mean, you'll explode. Do you want that? No? (laughs) Okay, so I want to be the only one with this power. And it's like, I'm sorry, can't do that. Page seven, number 15. You can't be the only one uh, this applies to. (laughs) Okay, so the genie is... So essentially the easiest way to get a power that you could use that other people couldn't was wishing something into existence that you knew how to use and other people didn't. Okay. Uh... But then it spreads because people figure it out. I mean, yeah, duh. (laughs) Okay, so it's like a admin genie who will help you navigate the myriad rules of wish making (laughs) well i mean they'll help you navigate it if you actually ask the rules if you don't ask the rules and just make a wish then they'll you know get you as close to it as they can without breaking a rule unless the wish itself just breaks a rule in which case they just point to the rule it breaks yeah i mean i don't know i don't it's like how many people would be wanting to wish for like this type of huge power but like asking for it in such a simplistic way that it leads to who who would ask for just power like that's not it doesn't you only tell need you one anything. per a thousand years well i mean if you're saying the genie disappears for hundreds of years at a time it's not that many individuals i mean you know 
I was more talking about, like, it doesn't necessarily make world-changing effects very often. And it sort of gets lost in between. Okay. Really, I was thinking that more along the lines of, like, the genie gets wished on every, like, 30-ish years, but doesn't make, like, world-changing effects, except for every 100 or so. Because it's like, I don't know, if you if you live in a world that doesn't really have any magic other than this, like, wish-granting thing, I don't know how common it would be for someone to imagine there to be, you know, other types of, of magic. Well, I mean, it's the wish for more wishes thing, you know? It's like, uh, sorry, you can't wish for more wishes. Well, then I wish for the power to grant my own wishes? Can't do that, but I can get you part of the way there. Well, I mean, that the genie is being helpful and explaining. For certain definitions of the word helpful, yeah. Because if they were just like, nope, can't do that, nope, can't do that, like, I don't see how most people would, you know, come to the conclusion of, oh, I'll just wish for the manifestation of the of a magic system that falls within the limits of the genie's powers. <laughs> I would think that that was an incredibly easy logical jump to make, but yeah, maybe but that's just me. Yeah, but nobody cares what you think. <laughs> We've established if you want multiple people to have come to the same conclusion that you did, that's not realistic. <laughs> I see, I see. I know people who would definitely come to a similar conclusion. Yeah, but that's now in, in, the, in the era of fantasy novels. I mean, it's not like that fully didn't exist before, and some people definitely believed in magic before. Yeah, but not like in the same hard magic rules system type of, well, I mean, I don't know, maybe, but I feel like it was a different type of understanding and belief in magic, or belief in not understanding. I don't know. It wasn't that different. Like, there wasn't the scientific approach to it. But other than that, it was not actually that different of an understanding. Okay, but, like, when you're saying, oh, yeah, everything except the scientific approach, how is that, like, not just fundamentally different? <laughs> because you can still have somebody who understands what's going on and tries to discover what's going on and tries to make use of something without necessarily having what we would today consider a scientific approach to something. Like, there's a reason that alchemists existed. There's a reason that people were doing things that that caused them to learn more information well before we had what we now consider the scientific method. So an approach of just trying things and figuring out what works is a little antiquated to our tastes, but it, it will still get you somewhere. Okay. I don't see there being the existence of, like, dozens of magic systems. Well, I didn't say dozens, you know? There's probably, like, a handful. And of like, which four are well-known and one is just kind of, like, newish. Because, like, honestly, even if, like, somebody wanted to be the only person who could do whatever, they would, like, you know, die of old age, unless the genie can grant immortality. And, like, 
you know, the next Can't person. grant immortality. Can't grant agelessness. You know, immortality would be infinite. Not a thing the genie can do. So, agelessness. Okay, so they can. Agelessness isn't infinite. It just means that you stop aging. It's theoretically infinite. No. Because the Earth's definitely going to die at some point, and you're going to die with it. Why? That's not infinite. Why do you presuppose that you have to die when the Earth dies? Okay, you have to die when the when the universe dies. There. Are you happy? Okay, so as it's not infinite. It's just until the heat death of the universe. It literally can't be infinite. But if you can figure out a way to cause some sort of, you know, continuous effect to last until the heat death of the universe, then go ahead. Okay, so as long as we're not hitting up against the hard limit of the heat death of the universe, it's not infinite. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Like, essentially, my way of conceptualizing the rule is that you can't have anything that requires an infinite ongoing application of energy. Okay. So, like, you can't be immortal because that means that you can't die? Which, you know, if you get thrown into the middle of the sun, that's a constant application of energy to keep you alive, at least, you know, in your current state. So that's not allowed. However, if we just make you ageless, that just means that your body's handling its functions in a different way? That's fine. Whatever. That's easy. Okay, now you're, you're turning the scale of infinite way different from the heat death of the universe. It does not take an infinite amount of energy to keep you intact from being thrown into a sun. Like, it's not even close. <laughs> no, but it, it could be theoretically infinite. What do you mean it could be theoretically infinite? Like, there's no like, limit on the amount of energy that would need to be ex expended to keep you alive. Yes, the energy until the, the death of the sun, which is calculable. Okay, in the case of the sun example, yes. But I more meant in the sense of, if you are made completely immortal, there is no way to know how much energy would, needed to, would need to be applied in order to keep you alive. That's not a good argument, because even if you're ageless, there's no way to know when something's gonna kill you and therefore how much energy it's gonna take no, to No, but being ageless is just like a one-time application of a change in your biology. No, it's not. It's constantly fighting entropy. Forever. That's the thing that the body can do normally. Yes, but not perfectly, which is why you die. I mean, there's a bunch of creatures which don't die of old age that, like, exist on the planet right now. Yes, but you're implying that it's not a one-time process is completely false. I guess, yeah. Your body has to constantly fight, you know, turning into a rotting corpse. I, yeah. And that takes a constant input of energy, and if you don't know... Which you the... get from eating, which if you're just ageless is fine... So you're saying it's not infinite because what we're doing is just making sure you can restore your telomeres and changing your DNA replication to zero error? Yeah, basically. I don't agree. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, how are you doing that? Right? Like, there's no... 
That's the magic part. Look, it's it's a wish. You're saying it's it's the magic part that's coming in, but it's a one-time thing and not infinite energy, but it definitely is. Or an unknown but, uh, amount okay. of energy. It's a much smaller scale, at the very least. Oh, so now we're just talking about, okay, so it's not until the heat death of the universe type of limits. Because... I would consider the changes necessary to make somebody biologically not age an entirely different scale from making somebody literally immortal. Okay, but as long as you say, oh, I just want to be immortal until the heat death of the universe, it's honestly the same thing. It's really not. Because <laughs> again, the changes that you need to make for the like telomere restoration and, and perfect DNA replication are of a, an entirely different scale than the ones that you would need to make for like yeah, I can survive a fastball thrown at 0.99c into my chest. Like, it's certainly, you know, a couple orders of magnitude higher in terms of short term in the event that someone throws a baseball into your chest. But A like, couple of... <laughs> a couple of but, orders of magnitude? But in terms of, like, just staying... As an intact organism until the heat death of the universe, it's not... It's more that you theoretically could, not that you're guaranteed to. Okay, but your definition of infinite is just, like, arbitrary. I would say that you get a... That for the definition, you get a mechanism implanted in you that allows you to do those things. But there's no ongoing effect from the wish or whatever. That doesn't make any sense. What do you mean that doesn't make any sense? Like, there's no way that you could make a physical enzyme that repairs DNA with a zero error rate. That's not physically possible, so it can't be It doesn't just need to a... be zero error rate. It just needs to have a low enough error rate that it doesn't cause ongoing mounting issues of the scale that are likely to kill you. And even then, it's not like you wished yourself out of cancer. You can still get cancer and die. You're just not aging. Okay, so you're going to be one of those genies. Yeah. <laughs> like, sure. That I thought that was given. No, no, it was not a given. It seemed like the, the genie was trying to, you know, within the rules, help the person get the wish that they wanted. But apparently it's like, no, 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 you can be completely riddled with tumors. You could make the wrong wish. But, you it's know, that's... Like, we never said you couldn't die of wasting disease while not aging. You do... Well, yeah, obviously. You just won't formally die of old age. You exactly. Like... In what magic system do people have, like, agelessness where they still get cancer? Like, that's... <laughs> I can I can point you to a few, but... Nobody wants to read those, okay? That's, like, <laughs> then, like, whatever. If you're gonna die of cancer anyways, then it's like, okay, the only difference with the agelessness is, like, your face is slightly less wrinkly. I mean, <laughs> if you don't end up getting significant cancers, then you could live a significant amount of time longer than somebody you usually would. You will definitely get cancer if there's no magical mechanism that's preventing it. Cancer is oh, what absolutely. you get as your cells divide, which is what they're going to keep doing if you're ageless. Oh yeah, exactly. You're definitely 100% going to get cancer.
<laughs> yeah, actually, uh, that's, a, that's a guarantee. Uh, and if you don't live in a time that can do something about that, then that sucks for you. You're dead. Oh, man. This is, well, Look, there's a reason there's not many immortals running around, okay? I don't- there are no immortals running around! <laughs> <laughs> I would say not many, because you could also wish, you know, somebody externally to this could wish for this, and then they could also wish for a magic system that somehow allows them to cure cancer. That's only if they knew in advance that they would be, like, screwed over by this stupid wish. Well, I mean, we could assume that, you know, if they're from the 1000s, then they know a bunch of people have wished for immortality before. Okay. And that it's, like, mostly worked out, but then they appear to, like, waste away and die, and nobody really knows why. So okay. they could wish for, you know, a, a new magic system that allows them to take care of that somehow. Okay, so this is, like, a long, long-term game strategy where people have iteratively been improving on the wishes of their predecessors because they're like, ah, crap, do you need to warn me about this? And then they write it down and then they die of cancer. And then their successors are like, okay, well, we got to counter that part and specify that a bit more. And then I mean, it's they not get literally over. their successor, but it is like cultural knowledge, yes. And then there's a cult that obsessively <laughs> keeps... It's fucking... The cult of immortality that keeps trying to find the genie and keeps screwing up the immortality wish. No, no, no. They're not, they're not obsessed with immortality. They're just... They also keep track of how, you know, wishing for power or for riches or whatever. You know, they keep track of all the ways the, the genie has screwed everyone over. Um... And then blamed it on them for not thinking it through properly. Uh, Genie isn't actively malicious. No. They do find irony delicious. They're not malicious. They're just like those bureaucrats at the government offices that are like, well, yeah. you didn't Look, bring the right... They try to help you do what you say that you want to do. If you don't say what you want to do correctly, that's not their but fault. But if you screw it up, they're they're like next. <laughs> exactly. Um, and uh, yeah, so people have been. And you do get three wishes, so you can undo any wish with the with the yeah. previous one. This uh, reminds me of my other idea for a story that we can do another time about genies, which okay. is total opposite. I will avoid spoiling it. I'll save exactly. it for when people have forgotten that we did genies. Mm. <laughs> oh man, so annoying. Okay. Anyway, this this genie isn't like actively malicious, but it's not actively helpful either. It's mm. just sort of no, it's useless. That's what useless stupid genie. Go away. <laughs> Might as well not exist. Who who made you anyways? Nobody wants you. <laughs> That, sorry, can't answer who made the genie. Uh, that's in the rule book too. Okay, nobody. It's a pretty me. extensive rule book. Well, I hope the genie doesn't mind being cursed at. <laughs> <laughs> the genie probably doesn't care. It's been around thousands of years. It can put up with a few more. Okay, so you know you got some aging people riddled with tumors, or n unaging people riddled in tumors and weird magic systems that. Probably, you know, have some fatal flaws if you use them. And they don't necessarily have fatal flaws, but they usually do. have things that you can do with them that are 
pretty terrible, and sometimes the cost may not be one that you're actually willing to pay. And then, you know, other weird relics of wishes that didn't go well. Exactly. Why are people still doing this? It's not going to end well. Stop it. (laughs) I mean, it can end fine. Like, the vast majority of wishes end fine. If you ask for, like, 600 pounds of gold in my house, that's fine. Yeah, you know. That's not going to be maliciously interpreted or anything. You get 600 pounds of gold in your house. Okay. Some people are like, I would like a herd of goats. (laughs) You get a herd of goats. Done. They're normal goats. They're not cursed goats. Nope. <laughs> Just normal goats. Okay. You're rich. But then some That's people fine. are like, I want to take over the world. And then, and you know. It's like, sorry, can't do that. That involves a lot of uh, administrative work with humans. Can't do that. Uh, what I can do is I can give you this uh, power to understand how your decisions are going to affect your future actions. You mean see the future? No. Okay. <laughs> you could still get hit by a media, right? Because, like, your decision does not really affect that. Okay, but assuming that you don't get hit by a meteor, it's like seeing the future. <laughs> yeah. Or, or if you, like, fall off of something, or if somebody accidentally kills you. Look, there's a lot of ways around it. Well, I mean, it depends on... If it was a preventable death, right? Because there are, like, accidents that no no one could have predicted, and then there are accidents that are due to carelessness. It's true. You would be able to predict accidents due to carelessness. In which case, you're covered on most bases. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on your definition of most, but yes. You know, I'm comfortable with being able to see the future except freak, at, you know, nature <laughs> stuff. <laughs> you can see the future except for things that are not uh, based on human decisions. Honestly, that would be a, a fairly decent uh, ability to interact with the world. Uh, it's almost as good as seeing the future for real, but it's not quite. So there's like an oracle who's like, you know, 99% accurate. There is that like... <laughs> But, you know, like, they're kind of infamous for being wrong, because every time they're wrong, it's because some, like, major natural disaster plague. Exactly. There's, like, some plague, earthquake, gigantic monsoon. And they're they're always like, I get it wrong, like, one time, and forever I've known as the the false prophet or whatever. They become totally Cassandraed by this, so they become totally Cassandraed by this, so nobody ever believes their prophecies. They give the prophecy, nobody believes them, and then it immediately comes true. They're just in this like abandoned temple with no no donations, like giving out like one hundred percent accurate prophecies for the last hundred years, but everyone's still like, ugh, remember that epidemic? <laughs> Yes, I remember the epidemic. I didn't have anything to do with that. It was not preventable. (laughs) If it was preventable, I would have seen it. (laughs) That's hilarious. Anyway. This is a world full of, like, weird crap like that. (laughs) 
honestly, I would be super down for that as, like, a writing exercise. Where there's just a bunch of weird garbage around from stuff that people wished that came true. But, like, it's not quite what you would expect. It's, like, almost there. I mean, honestly, this should be, like you know, part, like, a multi-author anthology where everyone's like, okay, pick a wish, and then screw it up somehow, and then let's go. (laughs) What you would need to set aside, like, at the beginning, like, here are the magic systems that are available from people, like, wishing themselves different sorts of, of powers. I mean, I guess. I mean, as long as it's not so crazily world-changing that other people have to take it into account in their stories. I would definitely make some of these things that world-changing. Yeah, but it's, you know, like, having this, like, 99% accurate profit, like, you can just go into that, and, like, other people don't need to <laughs> It's not 99% accurate, it's 99.9% accurate. Yeah, but whatever. It's yeah. just that that 0.1% is usually a lot of them, and usually all at once. Well, I mean, it's not really a lot of them, it's just, like, one world-changing, extremely major <laughs> thing that happens, and then it's cascading... Like, as soon as it happens, like, you know, they can start seeing again. The Oracle out here pretty much, like, 500 times I give the correct answer. I tell people exactly what's going to happen. One time, a guy walks into the middle of the field and gets struck by a bolt from the blue. And that's my fault. And then, you know, it's kind of like they didn't foresee the really big thing happening. So everyone loses faith in the prophecies. So, like, you know, as soon as the epidemic or whatever started, if they'd only listened to the seer, then it would have been relatively minor. But then everyone's like, oh, you're totally wrong, and it ignored them. And then it's like, well, I'm not responsible for the countless decisions afterwards where nobody listened to me, and then it turned into, like, a huge, like, civilization-ending disaster. It's not my fault. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Oh, man. Yeah, so, you know, if you do the anthology where the rule is you gotta space your stories a couple hundred years apart, you got quite a bit of freedom. Even uh, if you don't need to space them a couple hundred years apart, you can put them right next to each other happening at the same time. <laughs> well, I mean, you could, but, you know, like, with that profit thing where it's like, yeah, actually, that civilization ended as the result of a disaster that they didn't foresee, then, you know, it might be relevant to the setting of another person. I mean, they might have to talk it out. I think this would be fun in anthology. That's that's how that works in <laughs> anthology series, actually, Eunice. Um, I have been recruited on what, like, probably four, four or five group projects where everyone flaked out. <laughs> uh, I've yeah. worked on six or seven, of which four were completed. Wow. Yeah, that's the problem with group work. It's rely on writers not being flaky. Again, majority of mine actually did get completed. Sure. <laughs> Remember, we can't you can't use yourself as anecdotal evidence. That's the rule. <laughs> it's true. Like that's not a reasonable percentage of completion of group work that you can like expect our readers to actually get. Like no way. That that's if you talk with these people in real life, that's about what you should expect. 
I mean, if you keep the group small and you know beforehand that they're very responsible and not flaky, it might be slightly better. But, you know, it's still start at your own risk. Fair enough. Okay, so we have the genie. Um, I figured there's probably some sort of alchemical elemental um, magic system. Okay. I mean, it's pretty common to want to make lead into gold. I think the genie would allow that. Not an unlimited amount. I mean, it is technically unlimited, uh, as long as you can find the lead. Mm, yeah. Okay, in this world, there probably was that one Midas guy, where they're just like, okay, well, let's not do that wish anymore. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, I mean, the thing about the Midas that makes it very funny is that he was granted a boon, and that's the boon that he wished for, and the god who was giving it to him was like, look, that's a bad idea, I can tell you exactly why, and then he still asked for it. So that's his own fault. I mean, that's just dumb. Like, that's not even like, oh, that's like a tricky, unforeseeable thing, that it's bad. No, the god literally said, hey, that's a bad idea, maybe don't, and then Midas went, yeah, but I want it, so... Yeah, you're just gonna, you know, starve to death and kill your children. It's fine. I think the killing the children was was a later addition, uh, when people started thinking of it as a curse instead of a boon that he screwed up. You know, you have to be pretty dumb to hug your children after you, you know, know that everything you touch turns into gold. Yeah. Like, but, you know, like, Midas proved... That he was that dumb by wanting that wish in the first place. Well, wanting it, I can understand. Not thinking through the consequences and still insisting on it. <laughs> that's where it gets difficult. No, I mean, like, you could have specified everything that, like, I tap a hundred times in a row turns into gold. Like, Or everything that I touch with my right hand while my left ring finger and left thumb are in contact with each other. Yeah, like, you know, you could always, you could just specify it, like, whatever, but, but no, everything, it's gotta be everything, you know? Yeah. Or, yeah, it could be, like, your right knee and your left pinky, or, you you know, I mean, actually, I would want it to be, like, some kind of combination that's specific enough that I wouldn't do it accidentally, but I could still use the power offensively to kill people. (laughs) I mean, the one that I said is fairly specific and good for that purpose. Yeah. The left thumb and left ring finger, you know, when those are touching on the pads of the fingers and you touch something with your right hand. That that works. Left? Okay. Yeah. Or, you know, some combination. Or maybe it'll be like, I don't know, I would, I would say like, if it's like two fingers on the same hand, but not the other fingers. Or something. Because, mm. I don't know, if you're trying to fight someone, it might be hard to get both your hands on them. <laughs> Wait, I, I, the, um, the, the thumb and ring, I, I said those were together. And then the right hand is the one that's the applicator. Mmm, I see. Well, we can think about ways to kill people by turning in, them into gold later. Um. Yeah. <laughs> so there's probably some sort of potion-based, alchemy-based one. Uh, there's probably some sort of one that's based on the alchemical elements which is the one that I was uh, bringing up before, which is more like fire, water, earth, air, that sort of thing. Okay. So it's like, I don't know, maybe it's like people, instead of, you know, 
having their, you know, beliefs about, like, magic and stuff, like, kind of proven wrong with rigorous scientific testing, they just, like, wish that it would work. So a lot of, you know, your mythical systems actually do work. Yep. Occasionally somebody's wished a fantastical species, like, I wish dragons were real. Yeah. The dragons got gotten rid of pretty quickly, actually. Uh, <laughs> basically the next person to come up with wishing was like, hey, this dragon thing, not working out. Okay, but there, there's probably, you know... the. There's still know, some dragon scale armor around. There's like, fairies are real, you know, there's Underhill and everything. Yeah. Uh, what else would be real? You know, prayers... Prayers usually work. Like, the genie could not state It's like, that sorry, can't create God. Doesn't can't, work. Can't create God, but can create a prayer answering service. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's very close to the same. <laughs> but it's not, there is no actual omnipotent, omniscient being behind the, the prayer answering service. <laughs> and the prayer answering service is based on your devotion. So it's not really... You can't just ask for anything you want and get it. It's not wishing. Yeah, and it has a strict actual, you know, miracle limit. (laughs) (laughs) There's a strict miraculous limit. (laughs) Okay, Um, okay, so, you know, a lot of of the religions and stuff got some oomph behind them. Yeah. There are angels flying around. Just make sure that you ask which uh, religion they're from before interacting. <laughs> Check how many eyes they have. Oh Some of them would be the full, like, biblical wheels of eyes ones, yeah. too. Yeah! Looking at, like, angel mythology, it's like, how did people come up with this? This is surreal. Like, it's just like a ring of eyes. <laughs> just like, why? <laughs> I don't know. On fire. Multiple concentric rings of eyes on fire. On fire, you know, just add some fire. <laughs> exactly. It's a very normal being. I mean, honestly, like, I don't know why it's like in pop culture, like, demons are grotesque and angels are pretty. Because, like, if you look at the stuff, they're all kind of grotesque. <laughs> I don't know about grotesque. I've never found them gross. I just find them a little strange. I don't know, like the four-headed ones. Yeah, no, I just I just think that they're a little weird. But like, too many eyes is just... It's a lot. It's a lot of eyes. It is a lot of eyes. <laughs> you know, that's kind of gross. Because it reminds... You know, compound eyes is like a, a bug thing. Bugs are icky. I mean, they're not compound eyes. They're like humanish eyes, but there's just a lot of them. I mean, yeah, but what are they... Like, what are they even attached to? How can you, why are you just like, have floating eyeballs? That's not how eyeballs work. They're attached to the other eyeballs. Well, that's gross. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, it would be gross. If you think about the stuff that goes with the eyeballs. Or the lack of the stuff that goes with the eyeballs. Because, like, what about I don't know. your socket and your, your eyelids? I mean, if it was just the socket without the eyelid, that would be a little strange. I mean, are there sockets? If there are sockets, that implies there's a many-eyed skull with 360 eye sockets. And then it's like, what? Then where's the brain go? I don't know. Well, I mean, there's no skull. They're not really connected in that way because they don't really have to deal with human biology. 
Okay, if there's no skull, then how are there sockets? Then what are the sockets in? The ring. It's a ring of sockets. Yeah. Okay. Full of eyes that are staring out mm. and like moving slightly. Yeah, it's pretty gross. <laughs> and then like occasionally one side of the ring will all turn the eyes to face one person. And then, you know, you got like... The... I can see spooky. I just don't see gross. Okay, well, I mean... You know, the way you're imagining the eyeballs may be different from the way I'm imagining the eyeballs and the it's flesh. True. I think it could be gross. It could pro- it's probably gross. And then, you know, you got, like, the useless number of sets of wings that would just get in the way of each other. So it's like, what are you doing? They're inside the rings. They don't do anything. Yeah. Well, then why do you have them? Because they're very pretty. And what are they attached to? <laughs> they float. Then which way do they face? <laughs> it's just like, what are... Anyway. They face whichever way they want. That's that's how they uh, determine their facing orientation. Why the do wings. they have a facing orientation? Because they have wings that are directional. Okay, moving on from weird mythological angel things. Um, it's all real. Everything's real. <laughs> not everything. Occasionally somebody wishes something that is real did not exist. Okay, except for those... Well, I mean, are you allowed wishing a wish that directly counters someone else's wish? Not directly, but you can, like, skip it, or you can say, like, I wish that all of this type of being was dead. Okay. But in those cases, you're not allowed to make exceptions, so people are like, I wish all humans were dead. It's like, that includes you, buddy. Oh. Well, I mean, can't you just wish to be transformed into a not-human and then wish all humans were dead? That's technically allowed, yes, uh, but it's not something that I would have people have done. I mean, how are you going to prevent that from happening? Maybe uh, wishing all humans are dead is one of the genie's rules. Okay, because the genie needs more wishers. It's bound to humans in, in particular for some reason. Maybe, okay, so the person who didn't want dragons wished that, like, all dragons would immediately die if seen by a human. And that took care of the dragon issue. Although there's Mostly actually... took care of it. There are still some dragons that are around in that case. Yeah, they're just hiding real hard. <laughs> dragons cannot uh, terrorize They're like spooky humans. voices in caves now. <laughs> That's pretty funny. And then you That's have a actually story. hilarious. But also, like, the dragon can defend its lair. It just has to kill the people before they get seen. Yeah, the dragons have really dark, you know, caves. There's no lighting sources. Dragons are spooky as heck now. <laughs> They're kind of emo. <laughs> That's incredible. I love it. No notes. <laughs> okay, so, so the world is a mishmash of, like, bad wishes and then, like, you know, wishes to try and fix the bad wishes, and new dumb wishes, and, you know, so on and so forth. Exactly! And the genie's just like, yes, make it more crazy. This is exactly what I'm here for. Because the genie is actually powered by wishes, somehow. Somehow. Doesn't actually make any sense, but, you know, go with it anyway. Like, the the genie needs people to keep making wishes. The genie would be in trouble if people stopped making wishes. But the genie doesn't tell anyone this. 
<laughs> probably administrative trouble based on the rule book. So they're actually, you know, telling people, oh, actually, you know, the wish frequency is limited to try and make it, like, seem more special. So everyone's, like, lining up to try and get a wish. But actually... Well, they're not lining up. The genie's not, like, sitting in one cave. They disappear and reappear somebody somewhere else every time the wishes go through. Yeah. But people, you know, are, like, climbing over each other to be the wisher. Which is what the genie wants. Because, True. You know... It gets people to use their wishes, okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know. Is there going to be a specific story? It seems like... Maybe the story of somebody who's, like, on a quest to find this genie for some reason to change something about the world. Yeah. The more you, like, derp around in this story, the more, like, fun facets that you would discover that has happened... And you could turn any one of those into a full-blown story. Honestly, yeah. I don't know. So probably, you know, you I'd do a story where someone's trying to fix something that was previously wished, and then you know they've thought about it, and, and you know it's a it's a mostly good solution, but there are some consequences. <laughs> What would be funny is if they have a mostly good solution, there's some consequences, they have a second wish to mitigate those consequences, and then they have a third free wish, and they haven't really decided what to do with that yet. Yeah, they're like, oh, I was expecting to have to use the third wish to fix whatever the second wish screwed up. And they're like, now I have an extra wish, and the genie's like pressuring them to use it, because they have to use all three. And they're just like, but if I make a wish... I'm gonna screw up, I'm gonna screw up something new, I just know it, and then I'd be out of wishes. I want to stop here. <laughs> and then it's like, well, I'm very sorry, but you can't stop here, and, and I don't need to wait for you to say the word wish. I just need to wait for you to say that you need something. Okay, and then it was like, okay. And I am required to get three, so... You have two choices. What's the least consequential and least harmful, least life-changing, least world-changing thing I could wish for? <laughs> can't like, answer that for you. You're just overthinking it. I, what? Okay, so you can't wish for a piece of information? I mean, you could wish for a piece of information. Like, could you, yeah, could you say, like, your, your wish is like, I want to know what would be a wish I could make that would have zero long-term consequence to civilization and the world. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't answer that question because there is no answer. <laughs> That's a spooky... <laughs> that would be a spooky response to get. Like, sorry, you can't fulfill your wish because that is a question without an answer. Uh, oh, so it's like, no, there's nothing you can wish for that won't change something. <laughs> it's like, oh, shit. Sure, sure, except sure. they, except that they, the genie means that in a very different sense than the person who was, who was wishing to know that. Yeah. Where the genie means it in the literal sense, where you would be bringing something additional into existence, where the other person, the other person's imagining like you know crazy butterfly effects of like. <laughs> yeah, but it's not that. It's like no, because there'd be an extra pound of gold if you wished for that. Yeah. <laughs> Which technically does affect everything. It's got gravity. Um, okay. Well then, you know, the main character just stalls for so long that the genie's just like, okay, just just, just wish for this, I gotta go. Like, <laughs> See, it would be funnier if they just left and weren't, like, aware 
of the existence of the third wish, and the next time they said, like, I need X, I need Y, it got wished into existence for them, and it's like, uh, what just happened? Apparently my third wish... Consequences! <laughs> Yay! But hopefully it's something small. Hopefully it's something non-problematic. They're just like, ah, oh, my tea got cold. <laughs> I need my tea to get cold? And then it got warm. And then mm. they're like, okay, I think my wish is done. I think. You know what I need? I need a break. <laughs> Your schedule's clear for the next three weeks. <laughs> You're retired. <laughs> and that's it. That's the effect of the wish. Total effect. Happily Ever After did not screw up the world with the third unused wish. <laughs> exactly. Because, you know, happy endings. This is a, another world that could easily turn into a crazy dystopia. This world probably was a crazy dystopia at some point in its past. It probably will be at some point in its future. <laughs> this world wa varies wildly and goes regularly in and out of crazy dystopia. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So this, that's the story. Or, you know, do the anthology thing. And write a bunch of short stories. I mean, you could just write a bunch of short stories by yourself if, you know, relying on other people doesn't appeal to you. This does lend itself well to a collection of short stories. Mm. Okay. Well, if you liked this idea and write it, email us at unwrittenimaginings.com so we can appreciate it. At listeners at unwrittenimaginings.com. Um... If you liked the show, we would appreciate it if you could rate or review us on whichever podcast platform of choice you're interacting on. And I think we're done. So, thanks for listening. Hi everyone, Future Eunice here. I wanted to announce that this is going to be the last episode of Unwritten Imaginings. It's been over two years of a lot of fun and shenanigans, and uh, I hope everybody enjoyed the journey and thanks for being on it with us thanks to all of our guests who are gracious enough to donate their time to being on our show i also want to give a special thanks to our editor simon who had to put up with everything from our amateurish attempts at speaking in full sentences to bad microphones and me forgetting to plug in my headphones We'll continue to keep these episodes available for listening for a few more months. If you ever need to contact me for any reason, you can find me in various places online as Eunice5656, U-N-I-C-E-5656, and Atheo can be found under the pen name Atheo, A-E-T-H-E-O. Thanks again, everyone. Bye!